Hi everyone, welcome back to Football Danya, your home of Dutch football. A key week for the Netherlands national team with games against France and Greece in Euro qualifiers to come. The Netherlands have an injury hit squad and I'm here to talk about all of that and the game against France with Abdul and Mike. Good to have you both here. So then, crucial couple of games, big players missing. Uh, what did you think of the squad, Mike, that was released? Um, I think it's pretty much what I expected it to be. I think that, you know, Frimpong's in there, we all want to see that. And then with all the injuries, a lot of the players sort of just pick themselves. Um, not too many surprises. I think that there's a couple of names you could say maybe deserve to be in there. Um, but overall, I think it's it's a squad that, you know, we're not going to be angry about. There's, there's not anybody shouting at you saying, oh, where's this person? Where's this person? Mm. I think Cummins pretty much got it, you know, not spot on, but, you know, it's, it's probably the best you could have expected from him. Mm. How about you, Abdul? Especially Frimpong coming in. Do you think Cummins eating his words? Or do you think uh, there just weren't enough players available, so he had to? Well, I think he should, really. Um, sometimes if Rimpong plays up front, he doesn't play as a right back. So maybe Kuman should uh, use him in that position, you know. Uh, it's not like uh, uh, choosing one of them, uh, Frimpong or Dumfries. No, they, they both can play, actually, in my opinion. Uh, with his uh, team in Germany, he scores many goals. Uh, he's a very effective player up front. So we can use his speed there, you know. Frimpong can start. I mean, uh, I don't see why not. Well, in this podcast, we'll be talking about who we think will be in the starting eleven. whether it's as obvious to select as it is for the squad that Koeman has had to pick. Um, we'll go through the game, of course, France, the predictions, much more to come. So if you're new to Football Dania and particularly the YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe. Give it a like if you enjoy these podcasts that we do before the games. Help us, help, help the channel, help the website grow um, by giving us a like and subscribing if you're new. Um, also, we have trial and put in the match preview podcast over on Google Podcasts right now, as well as SoundCloud, Sound SoundCloud, so you can listen to us without having to look at us, if that's what you so desire. Um, yeah, different ways of watching and listening to us. So let us know how you listen to the podcast and whether you're enjoying it. Um, and of course, get in the comments on YouTube to let us know uh, who you would select for the starting 11. There are a number of key players out. And if I would, if you wouldn't mind, guys, I'm going to actually share my screen now and bring up the a starting 11 of players that are out injured for the Netherlands. And it's quite surprising. And I, I, I knew that there were a number of players out for this, you know, Frankie Dion being out, Memphis Depay being out. But when I found this, uh, which is on the screen now, if you're watching on YouTube, I was shocked that there's a, basically a whole starting 11 that I would be pretty happy playing <laughs> against France that were not available. I mean, you can, as you can see, we've got Memphis out, Dion out, Cody Hapo and Nalong, two wingers that I would like to really see starting in this. I mean, that front three is my starting three if they're all available and fit at the moment. Um, Kurt Miners and Burkhouse out, Malassia, Botman, De Ligt and Timber making a back four there. Um, and Bilo, of course, who seems to be perennially injured. Well, what are your views on, on this team here that I'm missing? Who, who are the key players missing? Of course, apart from Frank De Jong, who are those players going to be that are the hardest to replace? It's probably Van Dijk, in my opinion, and uh, maybe I would choose uh, uh, Hartman over um, Malassia. Hartman has been doing great with Feyenoord. 
he proved himself in a very tough match against Atletico Madrid. He was actually one of the stars in that mm -hmm. match. So I would use him instead of uh, instead of Malasia. Yeah, that's and of course Van Dijk. Yep. Yeah, I think if you're gonna, if we're just picking players to add to that eleven. I think that you take out Berghaus and then you'd put in maybe Reinders in there. But yeah, I think if if you're gonna use players, the big the big loss for Kuman, I think's in this formation without Frankie De Jong, obviously being the main one is is Cody Gakpo. I think that when you're playing five three two, which I think he will against France, who are you gonna have up front? It's really gonna cause them a lot of trouble. And I think that Gakpo is the one that he wanted in there. Um, so yeah, he's a big, big loss, and he's been doing well for for Liverpool as well. So yeah, it's a shame to see him him drop out because he's the future in everyone's attack. Um, whereas I think we've just got a bit used to not having Memphis around at the moment. He seems to just be forever injured. So yeah, we've sort of got used to that. You know, the good feeling came back in the last couple of internationals, getting those two wins under the belt. And yeah, it's just a shame that we're going to go into these two games under the cosh with so many injuries. And then we'll, we'll see what. Um, Kuman's made of because can Kuman do it without you know a star man in midfield? Kuman said, didn't he, that the Greece match is crucial. These two games coming up are with the two of the absolute hardest games that we're going to face in this group. Just putting that pressure on them, put the pressure on those players that are left there. How do you think Kuman's played this in the press conferences he's had already and what he said to the media while saying that? that Greece game is so big? Well, the Greece game is uh, big. We are playing away. And uh, this could be the last chance for Greece to uh, to snatch one of the two uh, positions to qualify uh, directly to uh, Euro. Uh, yeah, these are the most difficult two matches we have indeed. Uh, France, of course, I think if we lose against France, which I really don't want that to happen because we've been losing a lot from them, from them lately. I would want to have a good results, but if we lose against France, I think many fans will be okay if we beat Greece because it's all about the Greek the, the match against Greece. If we beat them, we are definitely through. So, but of course, if we win both matches, that will be great. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's about it. Uh, of course, uh, Kuman has to play conservative in this match. I really hope he continues with five three two. Uh, playing with 4-3-3, as we see here in the in the uh, <laughs> lineup for the injured players, that could kill us. Actually, we tried it before, and the result was two nil in the first ten minutes or twelve minutes. So we really need to play with five-three-two. Uh, we need to play smart. Uh, definitely, uh, not the not the strongest team always win. You know, we we saw what Newcastle did to uh, uh, PSG. I mean, we check the names. I'm sure Mike is happy now to hear that. But yeah. if you see how Newcastle played against PSG, you can see that, you know, you don't have to be the stronger side to win. I mean, yeah. that's a fair point. It's how Cumin sets them up, isn't it? Yeah. But how, yeah. how is he going to get some of that what Newcastle had? <laughs> well, you, you have to put on pressure. You've got to be in their faces from the first minute. You've got to be running straight at them, not giving them a, a second on the ball um, and you got to be clinical it's what newcastle were they're clinical harried them defended brilliantly and then when they did get chances they, they scored them because you know newcastle only had something like 26 percent possession but you know they still come out 4-1 winners and that's because they were just so effective in defense turning that into attack on the counter and then when you get these chances you take them and that's what everyone's need to do but i think that 
a lot of people are saying that it doesn't really matter if Netherlands lost both these games because France still have to play Greece. But if France are already through, that game against Greece then becomes one that they could lose. And then that, you know, that's a nightmare scenario for Netherlands. So mm. he really needs to get a win for one of these two games. Um, you're looking at the Greece one as the easier of the two. But, you know, France have got problems. I don't think Mbappe is in good form um, for PSG at the moment. He looks unfit. Um, against Newcastle, he wasn't involved at all. Um, didn't score against Claremont Foot, didn't score at the weekend. A lot of people are saying that he's still maybe got a little bit of an injury. He doesn't look in physical great shape. So I don't think this is the strongest France side that we could be coming up against. The only person that worries me is the one that tore us apart um, in the last game, and that's Griezmann. I think he's in great form. He's the one that we need to watch out for. But yeah, I wouldn't count as totally out of the game against France. But yeah, I'm right with Kumin that they've won against Greece away. Since we battered them at home, we really need to be going there and winning them, winning that game. And then just making sure that we go into the last two games knowing that we're basically through. I don't. I, I think you're right having the same low expectations of the game, Mike. But I don't see how Cumin can, first of all, get the best out of the players he has left to select from, but also how he can get that rousing performance. I don't know whether I've seen enough of that yet from Cumin. He did get some nice results in his last international break that saved him from coming under even heavy criticism. We're, we're holding him in a better light, I think, at the moment because he he was in the doldrums, wasn't he, really? I don't know if he would have gone, whether the KMVB would have stuck the neck out and said, actually, Cumin, you have to go if the Netherlands had lost one of those two games of the last period. But he's in a better position. The, if we lose a game against France, it's not a biggie. If they beat Greece, um, it's mainly about not losing that second place. And I think if Kuma can get that, he's he's safe in his job, isn't he, for sure. But my point is, I don't, I don't see how he can get that brilliant performance out of the Dutch that's going to be needed, like Newcastle did against PSG, as an example. I don't. I don't see that happening. Well, he he won the first match against uh, Greece with the great performance, and he won the second match against uh, Ireland uh, with a smart performance. We did not play well against the uh, Republic of Ireland, but we played very smart. So he showed us that he could do both. He could play both ways, you know, playing smart and playing with good uh, with with good uh, performance. Uh, will this continue against France and uh, Greece? I think if that does continue, I think uh, I think our faith in Kuman will be completely restored. You know, in these uh, coming two matches. And then you run the risk as well that France turn up on Friday and underestimate the Netherlands because you know we're missing so many players that they might get a bit complacent. And you got to remember, even though we're missing a lot of players, the lineup that you can pick is still pretty good. You know, you've still got Van Dijk in there. You've still got Gertrude in absolutely excellent form for Feyenoord. You've still got Ake in form of his life. You've still got Hartman who could come in on the left back. Probably not because of wind. You've still got Dun- Denzel Dumfries, you know, Netherlands star man. You've still got Xavi Simmons in great form for Leipzig. And then up front, you've got Val Weghorst, you know, the monster that was so angry against after the last games, saying that he was the main, he's the main man, he should start. Now this is his chance. He's going to be a man possessed in these games, surely. <laughs> he's going to be going all out. It doesn't matter he's not scored for Hoffenheim this season. When he puts on that Netherlands shirt, he's a different player. And then you've got all these untested players on the bench. You know, you got like Brian Brobby who can come on and cause a bit of, bit of mayhem. Um, so 
if France underestimate this team for a second, it could come back and bite them. So I've still got a little bit of hope for that France game. I'm on what you're drinking, Mike. <laughs> That's some optimism juice right there. I think come Friday, I'm going to feel it a bit more and I will be excited for it because it's so we're recording this for four days exactly before kickoff. And to me, I, I'm looking at it on the paper and going, I know, I know that there's a couple of players that play for PSG that play for France and they didn't have a good performance and they've not had a good start to the season, but they are so good France and the Netherlands are missing some key players. Yeah. Yeah. They can still pull out a good team on that note, starting 11s. Um, Mike, I bet you've already had yours all penciled out and you've mentioned there most of yours. So let me go straight. You'd have five at the back. You would play Dumfries, Heertrauda, Van Dijk, Ake, and you think Blint will play, but you prefer to have Hartman. Yeah. Um, who would you go with in goal? And what's your midfield and strike force looking like? I, to be honest, I don't mind to play in goal if it's between no. Verbruggen and Olai. Either of them I'd be quite happy with just to see what they're about. I think I'd like to see Olai because of his performances this season, but I think that Kuman will go with Verbruggen because of the fact that he's played in big games this season. Yeah. You've not got regular pressure at Sparta where you've got you know such a big game. To throw Olai in for his debut against France um, after his first call-up, might be a bit big. You know, Verbruggen's been around the squad before. He knows what's about. He's played in the Premier League. He's been in these big stadiums. Maybe that might be the right way for, for him to go. I, I don't want him to go with Noppert. I know he's only going because of Fekin, but Noppert's been terrible this season. And I know he put out the World Cup, but for Hernvin, he's been absolutely horrible. His yeah. confidence must be through the absolute floor. So you can't pick him. Um, midfield, I've... I, I'm going with what I think he's going to do. So I think Darin will be in there over Reefer just because of his performance in the last game. I think that it'd be between Reinders and Veerman for the other spot. I think you might go for Reinders and then it'd be Xavi Simmons at the 10. Then up front, you've got Veghorst and then he's going to want a runner. So I think it's going to be Malin. That's my, my hobby. Abdul, I think you've got it there as well, your own one. Yeah, well... Um, uh... It will be, I think, Hirtrauda, uh, uh, Van Dijk, Ake, uh, the left back. I would definitely go for Hartman, Blind. No more Blind, please. The the right back will be Dumfries. Uh, up front uh, or the midfield, I will uh, have uh, maybe uh, Duron and uh, Reinders. Uh, Reinders, I think uh, he's the best one to replace uh, uh, Frankie De Jong. Um, uh, Simmons, Malin, and uh, Vehorst up front, and the goalkeeper is uh, Verbrochen, indeed, uh, not in, uh, not Nopert, yeah. Uh, but of course, we do have some other options Broby, uh, Bergfein, although they are not really doing that great with Ajax, the entire team mm. is collapsing. But these two, you know, have some speed, uh, they could actually cause some problems in the French, def- in the French defense. But I would go with the uh, Simmons, Malin, and Verhorst. I disagree with Brobby. I actually think Brobby's been one of the best players at Ajax this season. In a bad team, admittedly. But him playing more when Ajax have less of the ball, it seems to suit Brobby better than when they dominate and he's got a ton of chances that he can't put in the back of the net. He is taking more of his chances this season and I like how he he helps the build-up play a lot more. Don't think that warrants a start. I think Veckel should start, but Brobby's a good option off the bench 
Um, but yeah, I just want to give Robbie a little shout out there. I think he's finally having a seeing a bit of his potential being realised because that guy had such high hopes on him when he was like seventeen, and just hasn't quite broken through. Um, yeah, I, I think he's done well. He's someone I've noticed this season. Yeri Davizi, yeah, Nopper definitely not, and that's a shame because About you can Robbie, tell he's a confidence I'm... player, and even him signing his new contract. Yeah. to Hernavain and that hasn't helped him. So yeah, I'd probably go for Brocken in goal as well. Well, the problem with the Broby, I have a problem with his final touch. You know, he doesn't score much. He wastes many chances. Yeah. But he is a fighter, really. Yeah, I have to give him that. He is a fighter and he's probably the best player in Ajax nowadays. I just hope he can uh, fix his final uh, touch, you know, his, uh, because he, he really lacks that. He, he wasted so many chances in the previous matches. That's my only problem with him. I think we will be very angry if he wastes chances against France. I'd yeah, expect Berfine to start as well. Um, sorry, Mike. Just, I think I think Berfine, he could probably be a starter. If not, he'll get at least half an hour. I don't think he's been too bad for Ajax and his pace would be welcome. With Robbie, um, I said during under 21 Euros that he's basically the perfect striker if he could just finish because he's yeah, his he's got all the attributes of just being an absolute horror for defenses. He's so big, he's so strong, he's so fast. He gets in great positions, but when he gets in those great positions, he he just can't finish. He's got yeah. the weakest shot of somebody <laughs> that's got such strength behind him. It's it's unreal. But if he works on his finishing, if he can get a striker coach that can work with him, and and he'd he'd actually have everything to be a top striker. But we've just not seen it yet. With Bergvine, um, I saw somebody saying something that made sense today that he's not been playing well for Ajax, but that's because he gets all the attention from defences. He's one of these players that yeah. pulls two free defenders onto him to give space to other players. So if you look at what he's doing, he's not getting the credit that he deserves because he's he's occupying two free defenders 100%. and the teammates around him aren't doing what they should do in order to make use of that space. So... Bergwijn isn't doing as bad as what people would make you out to believe, but yeah, even yeah, I'd like to see a bit of Calvin Stengs as well. Calvin Stengs is in great form for Feyenoord. Bring him off the bench, see what he can do as a number ten. If you know you're going to play Simmons, can I just come in here on, on Stengs? By the way, we wish we really to do an Eredivisie podcast at some point. Um, my schedule didn't allow it the other week to ask you guys to come on. Um, but talking about Ajax, yeah, that's absolutely right, and. There are so many players there. I mean, Kenneth Taylor is a perfect example. Divine Lynch, who we thought might have been in the Netherlands squad a bit more. I don't think are good enough. We can talk about Ajax another time um, on a different podcast. Calvin Stengs, though, I disagree on. And I, I've got, I come from a place of really admiring Stengs, think a fantastic player. Then going to like, don't when, don't think he's actually cut out for it anymore. Injuries didn't help him. Now he is definitely getting back to his best. But I do think a lot of his performances have come against teams where, you know, he scored the fifth goal in a 6-1 win or something like that. And that, to me, didn't doesn't make me think that he deserves to... Maybe, yeah, he gets that little appearance on the bench, but not to be a, a, a fully impressive player that gets to play for the national team when there are other options. Um, and you're comparing someone like Berthwein to Stengs. Stengs is playing with a champion to a team that are down in the bottom three. <laughs> I, I get that comparison. I see that. Um, but how much have you been impressed by Stengs then, Mike? What is it you've seen in him that tells you he's got that quality? I think that it's in his new role as a 10. I think he's got that killer ball. I think he's 
his passing range impresses me, his movement mm. as well. There's a few set pieces. I know he's got assists from set pieces, which is something that I think everyone's lack um, is a really good set piece taker. I think that with the actual power that you have in the box, you need somebody that can pinpoint them with a cross. And I think Stengs can do that. He's done it for Feyenoord this season. I think that, yes, he's not got the movement anymore to be a winger. I think that the days of Stengs playing on the right wing and taking it past two or three players are gone because of the injuries. But in that number 10 position where he can just pick up a bit of space, pick up a pass, I think he is a better player in there than Berghaus, I think. And yeah. although I wouldn't have him over Simmons, I would still start mm. Simmons. I think that if you bring on somebody like Stengs who can come on, defenses are tired. If you have somebody like Brobby or Bergwijn making runs in behind, somebody like Stengs can pick them out. Um, I think that's what he he would bring. I agree that he's not the type of player that we all wanted him to be, but I think he's getting used to the 10. I think he's growing as a player with Feyenoord. And I think that this call-up is something to give him a bit more of a boost. And then we'll see if he can push on to that next level. Yeah, well said. You've won me round. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a great player. Um, I hope he can really kick on in the Champions League. We've got lots of big games coming up Feyenoord and that, that's where he really can show what, how, how good he is. Um, I like, I like to speak against Celtic. That was a that was an interesting strike. <laughs> yeah, but I think that Abdul would agree with me as well that when you're watching Feyenoord right now, Hartman is the player that stands out the most and if he does not start now, I left back in a five. When Kuman even praised him in his press conference today, then when is he going to start? When are you going to eventually drop wind? When are you going to do it? Because Hartman's in the form of his life. He was literally one of the man of the match against Atletico. I know Feyenoord lost, but they should never have lost that game against Atletico Madrid. No. And Hartman was outstanding. If you're not going to put him in now, when? When when are we going to finally say enough is enough with Blind? Hartman deserves his chance. Let's go. Because if you play Blind and he gets absolutely torn apart by France, everyone's just going to be like, well, what, what was the point? You know what's going to happen. Blind doesn't play like that anymore. He doesn't play in a five. He, he didn't like it last time when he was playing left back. It's time to move on and it's time to give Hartman his chance because he deserves it. Uh, if you allow me to uh, add uh, this, uh, many people are not happy with his things being selected, uh, uh, considering his previous uh, per uh, performances with some with, with the other clubs he played for. But I think Arne Slot has this ability to develop his players. Every player played under him in final has developed big time. I think Stengs is, is not the same player as we knew uh, last year or the year before. We can see that he developed uh, big time. So maybe Kuman would use him, but I, I would not use him as a starter, you know. Okay, so we've got our starting 11s. Good to get some opinions in on players. And when we do the live streams after the games against France and Greece, we can talk about some individual performances a bit more like we always do. Um, let's get on to France, not in the best form with a few individual players, but who are the danger men going to be against the Dutch? We've seen them take part in Netherlands before. Are these same players going to do damage? Mike? Yeah, I think that if you give Mbappe space, of course he's going to hurt you. But I think Griezmann, as I said earlier on, Griezmann is the one that I think is in the form for Atletico, um, he's the one that's going to pick up these little pockets of space. He did the damage against us in the first game. 
And I think he's the one that, you know, will be the talisman this time around. And I think that he's the one that's going to be running around, picking up all his bits of spot, space for Mbappe to move maybe onto the left. you got Giroud, who's now a goalkeeper instead of a striker after his heroics of the weekend. So you'll probably start up front. But yeah, I think that all over, it's France, you know, all over the pitch, there's always one player. You know, there's another one just as good coming back through. I know. Um, so Iba, the Arsenal defenders, just withdrawn from the squad. So, you know, that's good because he was in excellent form for Arsenal. So that's a good thing for Netherlands. And um, he's not going to be there. But if he's not there and you've got two or three excellent defenders to come in, um, you've got the likes of Kamavinga, Chuamene, um, Pavard. I mean, just the amount of players that you can name. Um, Manian in goal anymore. You've not got Lloris to drop an absolute clangor anymore. It's going to be an actual good goalkeeper in there. So yeah, I think all over the the pitch you've got you've got threats, and it's going to be a tough test. But if they can keep Griezmann quiet, I think that goes a long way to to getting a win in this game. Okay, let's get some predictions in for the game. Uh, Abdul, would you like to start with yours? Well, I would say uh, it will end one one. I expect a draw. How about you, Mike? Um, I'm Mr. You try and go optimistic, so I'll say one 0 Netherlands. Hope so. Okay, should have started with me and then worked our way around, but um, I think Netherlands are going to lose. Sorry, I think it's going to be two one to France. Some point, France will have a moment in the game, and they'll get the one or two goals, and that that might do it. And the Netherlands will have a period of the game where this it could be that France go two up and then France, Netherlands try and fight their way back, not have enough. Or the opposite, where Netherlands maybe could take the lead and then France come into the game later on. Um, or, or yeah, it could be could be surprised by a great performance and the Dutch make the most of France not quite having the same hunger as what the Netherlands might have. Um, and maybe Koeman is still learning and developing, getting the best out of his team, and he might get something special. Which I'm really hoping for because we've seen him do it before. Remember that game very well. Netherlands three, France nil, and De Jong was probably the best player on the pitch, and he was just getting at the best out of everyone. Um, but of course, the players missing. I just think France will have too much. Uh, so yeah, can someone end on a positive note because that was quite negative? <laughs> I mean, if we take anything away from the great Newcastle performance of last week, is that anything can happen. This Netherlands side, don't write them off. We've got the players. Simmons can come up with a bit of magic. Vekors can come up with a bit of magic. You got Dumfries on the right, rampaging forward. And then you got Jeremy Frimpong, a Jeremy Frimpong debut in the second half to come on, cause a bit of mayhem in the defense defense. You know, he can come on, score the winner in the 90th minute, prove everyone right. And that'd be a great game. And then, you know, that'd be everyone's basically qualified. I wouldn't, I'm trying not to be pessimistic with all the injuries. And uh, we know we've struggled without Frankie de Jong before. And we can see how badly Barcelona are struggling without Frankie de Jong at the moment. But it's not as bad as it once was. But now we've got Reinders and Veerman in form. So, yeah, let's just try and be a bit, bit of positivity and hope for hope for a nice, nice wee sneaky win on Friday. Hope so. <laughs> That's the spirit. Of course, we're back for that uh, post-match reaction against France, so it's a good result. 
If you enjoyed this, again, help Football Daniel grow. Give it a like, subscribe if you're new to the YouTube channel. And um, yeah, wherever you're listening, whether it's a Google podcast, SoundCloud or um, Apple podcasts, give us a good review, give us a like and um, check out lots more that's going on on our website and on our Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. Um, more again from Masoom. Thanks for watching. Leave your th thoughts in the comments down below and your predictions for the game. Bye.